0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to the Lodge Kohler Kickoff Show. Bring it in on three. One, two, three. It's Friday night. Time for an in-depth and unique spotlight on a member of your green and gold. Ready? For- now, live from the Leaps and Bounds Cafe at Lodge Kohler in Green Bay, here's the big unit. Bill Michaels.
1: Good evening and welcome. We are broadcasting live. We are here at Lodge Kohler, and uh, here in Green Bay is the Packers get ready to take on the San Francisco 49ers this coming weekend out at Levi Stadium in Santa Clara, California. It is an NFC Championship weekend, and joining us here tonight our special guest, Billy Turner, offensive lineman for the Green Bay Packers. Here, how you doing? Doing good. How are you? We're doing well. We're doing well. So we were sitting here talking a little bit before we went on the air and um just what is it like right now with all the media coverage with the extra cameras extra people the energy in the building what's it like
0: it's uh it's a good feeling man it's um it's an electric atmosphere at work you know throughout the course of uh, the work week every day things kind of get heightened and heightened more and more you know leading up into uh leading up to the game and uh you know the best part about it is that we have a lot of guys on the team that have uh you know, been there, done that, so to speak. You know, they've been in big games. They've won Super Bowls. So, you know, they've gone through this and they're able to kind of help not only guide, you know, the rest of the team, but help guide some of the staff who have yet to be in this position.
1: You got a rookie head coach. I mean, obviously he knows what it's like to work with people and and to be near postseasons, but to do it as the head man is a little bit different. He appears like the cool calm cat is that he is that the way uh, Matt LaFleur is right now
0: yeah I mean he's he, he's always pretty calm with the exception of you know game day when uh, a ref or someone will make a bad call and he kind of blows <laughs> up on the sideline you know but I think that is uh you know that's every head coach so to speak but uh you know he, he's a calm dude he uh he, he's done a great job throughout the course of this season you know kind of riding the the waves and the ups and downs that you know come about with the long NFL season so
1: what uh what is the difference between your team now versus and I'm sure you've been asked this a thousand times already between going back seven weeks ago when you faced San Francisco
0: honestly you know uh you know the first thing to note is that we haven't lost a game since we lost that one you know and uh kind of after. After that point in time, you know, moving forward, guys kind of, you know, understood what we had in front of us. We understood that, you know, to get to where we wanted to be, we kind of needed to tighten up, so to speak. And, you know, I think when, you know, the proof is in the pudding. So when you get into, you know, those next six, seven weeks of games – And you're in tight games and you're in, you know, getting down to the end of the game and you need a two minute drive or you need a big stop. We've proven that we could do that and that that was our identity and our DNA time and time again throughout the course of those six, seven weeks. So, you know, that kind of showed me the type of team we are and the caliber that we have moving forward. Last time
1: you faced them, uh, Brian goes down with an injury. Um, It it just seemed like things were. How do I put it? It just—it seemed like it was just a little bit dysfunctional. They, I, there There's a lot of guys that have come over here on this program and they said, you know what, we'd love to have it back again because it was more communication than it was the physical aspect of things. Outside looking in, a lot of people say, well, they got beat up. Look at the final score. But really you guys kind of held your own for two and a half quarters and then the wheels kind of fell off. Things just, as Matt LaFleur put it, you didn't stick to the game plan. You, you got out of what it is you were supposed to do. Do you feel that you've learned from all of that, that that was one of those learning processes that you've taken forward? As you said, you haven't lost a game since because you've stuck with the plan?
0: There's definitely things that were learned. You know, there's things that are, you know, learned and, you know, kind of understood after any loss that you go through throughout the course of a season. But, you know, kind of what you're touching on there and what I took away from that game and also the Charger game was if you don't execute, you are not going to be successful you know we we prepared we had a good week of practice yes we were coming off a bye week we were refreshed so on and so forth but we did not execute you know we had everything there in front of us and like you said we played a decent game you know throughout the first two and a half quarters or so it it was tough the score was not crazy we were losing by you know maybe seven or ten points whatever it was but you know we just were not executing on offense and then you know once you don't execute, and a team just starts to fuel, it's just like adding fuel to the fire. And you know the wheels did come off, and, and it is what it is. But kind of looking back at that, and looking at other games around the NFL, and kind of looking forward, to, you know, those next six seven weeks that we were a part of, the execution was the reason why we ended up being six and zero after that.
1: Everything was being made of going out early to take on the Chargers and you got knocked off it seemed like uh, as, as Matt LaFleur put it you came out flat there wasn't an energy Aaron Rodgers alluded to it so then you change things up a little bit and you go out to San Francisco and it didn't work out that way is there anything to be taken from the travel to the west coast or is it just simply just mentally got out of our game
0: I mean honestly whenever you got to travel east to west west to east it, it's not fun I mean you know that's a four-and-a-half, five-hour trip that is just not fun, not fun on your body when, you know, you got to perform and you're, I mean, you're a professional athlete, you know what I mean? That puts a yeah. lot of stress, a lot of inflammation just from going up and down and the pressure in the plane. But, you know, aside from that, it, I don't necessarily think, you know, the travel planning had anything to do with either of those games.
1: One of the things you, would, you and I are sitting here talking and you said, you know, hey, this is different, you've been on some bad teams. I won't use your word, but you've been on some bad teams. What is this like now, being in this locker room, being in this situation, for you?
0: It's different. It's different, but it's uh, it's comfortable. It feels like uh, it feels like it was when I was in college, winning the national championships at North Dakota State. You know what I mean? Having that that confidence in your team, the confidence in the dude that you're playing against, and the confidence you know, knowing that when you do get in tough situations that you're going to be able to pull through and you're going to be on the successful, on the positive end at the end of that game.
1: When you found out that you were coming to Green Bay and you got the deal solidified, was that one of those moments where you thought, now I got that legitimate shot, I got that good shot at getting there?
0: I definitely knew I was going to be a part of something great. You know, and, you know, obviously playing with one of, if not arguably the best quarterback of all time, you know, that has a lot to do with that. But at the same time, talking to Coach LaFleur and all of the coaching staff when I was – um taking my visit and right before i signed kind of just you know i guess the motto the mo the the energy and the environment that they were trying to bring forth into the building and to kind of get rid of all the negativity and the bad energy that existed the year and two prior to that 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 was a big reason in why i wanted to come here because it was you know I, i was coming into a situation where i was with a new head coach i was with a new staff you know i mean everything that has been implemented this year has been brand new and has been nothing like they have ever done it before
1: coming into this group when did you know you know everybody has their their moment uh and I, years ago i talked to aaron Rodgers during their super bowl run and he said i knew it like week eight that there was going to be something that was going to come together when did you know did you know that you felt something's happening here uh,
0: honestly i don't know if i could give you an exact time you know from uh from when I signed out here, I was out here during OTAs just kind of meeting everyone, learning the vibe of everyone, and just seeing the team chemistry that was, you know, that already a little bit was existent here, you know, and then kind of building on that throughout the spring, going into training camp, so on and so forth. It was, a, it was an energy that continued to build and continued to go in the right direction. And talking to the guys about what they were a part of, last year and the year before that, there was just so much negativity and just darkness is what it felt like when they talked about it. You know what I mean? And I wasn't even a part of that. So, you know, to be be a part of this team and to be a part of the environment and the culture that has been created – Since I signed here has been very fun. It's been very special. And, you know, I mean, if you ask me right now, when did I know we were going to be successful? I mean, I knew we were going to be successful early on. Yeah. But when did I know that we'd be able to get to the NFC championship? I mean, honestly, I couldn't tell you.
1: When guys come into situations that they say, I listen to Zadarius and Preston, they talk about the brotherhood and how things are good. You go back to guys getting together away from the field, and Aaron says, we haven't done stuff like this before. So, Because sabermetrics people always want to quantify everything. There has to be a statistic. There has to be a value to something. What does it mean to have a team that is as close together as you guys are and what that means and how you think that can translate
0: to what we see on the field of play? I mean, it translates to success. I think that's obvious with our record. I think that's obvious with the bond and the relationships that have been built, you know, from training camp day one all the way until this point. You know, media can speculate. You can see a lot of things on ESPN or TV. You know what I mean? And the guys in the locker room don't pay attention to that, but – From what I've noticed, what I've been told, the media and the things that have been speculated about this year have all been about the success and the positivity and, and, you know, the vibe and the energy that has been here this year that did not exist the previous two years. You know, so with that being said, I think everyone on that team played a part in that. And I think that that is a big reason, if not, you know, the reason why we are where we are. We're talking with Billy Turner, offensive lineman for your
1: Green Bay Packers, getting ready for an NFC Championship game this coming Sunday. When we come back, we going to talk a little wine, going to talk a little clothing, correct? Yes, sir. we got to get the clothing today as well. We're going to talk a little clothing today. We are broadcasting live up here. Lodge Kohler, Inside Leaps and Bounds. we got more coming up right after this. <laughs> Welcome back. It's a Lodge Kohler kickoff. We are broadcasting live. We're at Lodge Kohler Leaps and Bounds here in Green Bay, and we hope this is not our last one. We hope that uh, next week we're doing one more of these and uh, getting ready to head to Miami for Super Bowl 54. The Green Bay Packers taking on the San Francisco 49ers. Five forty is the kickoff out at Levi Stadium in Santa Clara, California, this coming weekend. We're sitting here with Billy Turner, offensive lineman for the Green Bay Packers. So we were sitting here uh, kind of talking a little bit during the break. This is your – I forgot you came after – they won the Super Bowl in Denver. Mm-hmm. So you haven't had a taste of this before. So just to get to the postseason, I should have went back to ask you that question. Just to get to the postseason, what's that like?
0: It's uh, it's cool. It's fun. <laughs> I mean, it's – uh, you know, there, there's a lot more energy. There's a lot more juice. And, you know, just to be able to be a part of, you know, one of very few teams, one of only four at this point, is special.
1: When you – when you look at this, um, this matchup with San Francisco, a team that you've already faced, I wanted to ask you about the – they say you've got to shake off the memories from the last time. We talked a little bit about that, about how this sets up. But are there things that you take from the last time and you think, we just couldn't get this done or we tried to battle back, we couldn't do it. How do you erase negativity? And I was asked that earlier today, and I said, I, you know what, I've never been in that situation. I don't know.
0: Honestly, you, you just move forward and, and from being a part of a lot of bad teams, a yeah. lot of losing throughout the last you know five six years of my career, you know I hate to say you get used to it, but you do you figure out how to move on to the next game quickly. Yeah. you know you, you have to have a short memory in this line of business whether that's a bad play, a bad game, whatever it does not matter because you are expected to go out there and to perform the next play and the next game.
1: Let's do this. We're going to take a real quick listen over to Desi, who is with the Food and Beverage Department. And by the way, congratulations on passing your test. Thank you so much. I heard you passed your test. She's the I one did. that brings us the wine, ladies and gentlemen, here inside Lodge Kohler. So for our fireside chat today, what did you bring us today?
0: I brought you Orange Swift wine. It's called Abstract. It's from the famous winemaker, De Fini. If anybody has heard of the wine prisoner, he's the guy who made it very famous and special. So this has been a wine on our wine list for ever since we opened. So it's a staple. It was Mr. Kohler's personal recommendation, so we have it.
1: Saving the best for last is what pretty you're much, saying. Yeah, pretty, pretty much. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um,
0: the juice is sourced from everywhere,
1: the best vineyards in Napa. Um, it's a blend
0: between Grenache, Petite Syrah, and Syrah, so it's very bold. Delicious.
1: There you go. It's great. So, cheers to hopefully another Packers victory yes, this coming weekend. Yes. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. So, you know, always a pleasure to talk Thank to you. Congratulations you. on passing. Thank you. Now you're like, what do you get, like a medal or something? Yeah, you know? I got a pin. Yeah. Sommelier <laughs> pin. You got okay. a <laughs> of pin. Fantastic. That is Desi with Thank the Food you. and Beverage Department up here at Lodge Kohler. So, we'll go from wine to clothing because uh, we'll deviate away from this game for just a couple of minutes. Uh, how'd you get into fashion other than just kind of, you know, wearing certain things and Trying to look a little bit different than anybody else.
0: Honestly, I I couldn't give you an exact answer. Thinking back, you know, throughout the past years, throughout my lifetime, I grew up in a household where everyone kind of had their own style. My mom, my dad, my brothers, my aunts, uncles, everyone, you know, was very much themselves. And, you know, my parents have always been into clothing, into fashion, whether that's shoes or actual clothing. It really didn't matter. They were everyone was into kind of their own thing. And when I got to um, when I got to school and once I got drafted, I ended up in Miami. I, uh, you know, part of my problem was looking for clothing being, you know, six foot six, 300 pounds. How do you find things that fit? You know, it's tough. Like you can't just go into a regular store and expect to find something that fits. So that's kind of where this whole thing started for me was, you know, getting frustrated, looking online, trying to find things. And ultimately I started to see things that I liked. I started to see things and, you know, I'm like, well, I would have liked this if it was, you know, if this would have been over here, if this would have been a little different. And I started to see things and I was just kind of like, well, I can make that I can do this. You know what I mean? And I just kind of started doing stuff on my own. It started with tie dye. It went to bleach. It went to, you know, fabric pens and fabric paint and painting things and, Um, I think it was about two, two and a half years ago, I was out in um, Los Angeles with one of my buddies during an off-season, and he introduced me to someone, I mean, I guess you could call him a designer, but he was the guy that was, he was a seamstress, he was actually making things for different celebrities, and I wanted a denim jacket, but I wanted a certain cut, I wanted a certain style, and I basically went to him, I had a bunch of pictures, I had examples, um, I ended up going, buying 300 yards of my own denim in Los Angeles. Basically went <laughs> to him. That's
1: a big jacket. <laughs> yeah, and I was
0: like, look, this is what I want. Um, we sat there for about an hour, kind of took some notes, detailed everything. He measured me, and that was kind of the first piece that I actually designed that was made for me that was 100% just kind of my vision. And after that point, just kind of moving forward throughout those next two and a half, three years, it's just been something where – Every season, every offseason has just continued to elevate more and more for me.
1: So I'm on Instagram uh, because we were sitting here talking about this. That we're going to, when we're going to have you on the show, we're going to talk a little fashion. I'm on Instagram, was it yesterday or the day before? And all of a sudden, Danica Patrick pops up, and all this logo, the Billy Turner logo, is, mm-hmm. is everywhere. On the jackets, and it says Feeling Inspired. And So are you passing this stuff out to everybody that uh, has an Instagram account online or what?
0: No, not, not quite. Not yet, at least. Or did you um, design
1: that for her? Because it has to be about, about that big, right?
0: I know, right? So uh, <laughs> uh, when I signed out here, uh, I started coming into the locker room during uh, – springtime when we had OTAs and a lot of the guys kind of started noticing my style and the things that I was wearing they started asking me where I was getting all this stuff and I said well I made it I made it I made it." I just kept telling everyone "Well, I made this I made this and you know that led to Dave Bakhtiari asking me if I could make him some stuff to wear for the season and I was like yeah, I can. I mean, I don't have a lot of time. We're in training camp right now, you know. <laughs> so I had some stuff around the house that was in his size, and I didn't do anything crazy, just kind of some, you know, fabric paint and stuff that fit him. And I knew he didn't really care that much. He just wanted to represent what I was making. Yeah. So I gave him some stuff, and he started wearing it. And then um, 12 noticed it. And me and 12 had been talking about kind of just the energy, the vibe, the positivity and irie and and all these all these words and all these things that mean a lot to me and things that I want to continue to not only incorporate into my life, but, you know, to be an example for everyone else on the team. And we started talking about this and and he noticed that a lot of these words and. The things that I was feeling and saying were coming out into my clothing, so he asked for a piece. And honestly, it took me a long time again because time is an issue during the season. Right, right. But you know, eventually, I got to it, and I ended up making him and Danica both. Um, they're matching. They're different, but they're the same kind of copa. They're matching uh, denim jackets that I gifted to him.
1: I was going to say that was a denim jacket. She had. A, is is it a brown denim?
0: Uh, well, they're both. Um, they're both blue. Blue? It, okay. They're both blue it looked a little denim. brown on, on Instagram. Yeah, so um, the other part of this whole kind of thing was I didn't just want to give something, you know, to 12 and Danica and Dave or the linemen. I wanted something collectively for the whole team, the staff, the organization almost. Right. And I came up with a gift that I was going to give to them for Christmas, which ultimately ended up being named the Irie Project. And the idea behind the gift was to be able to incorporate my nonprofit that I was starting with my neighborhood buddy and also fashion, but also the giving back portion. So what I did was I reached out to a local school in Minneapolis and, um, talked to their art teacher and got her to basically incorporate something into her curriculum where I gave her four words, peace, love, equality, and inclusion. And she basically gave these words to her kids in the art class and just kind of had them do a free draw, free write, whatever type of session on these pieces of denim that I took and sewed onto the back of these coats and these jackets or these coats and these hoodies that I ended up ultimately gifting to my teammates.
1: Oh, wow. That's impressive. So when when they did it, was there anything that you looked at and went, wow, this is beyond what your dreams were of, of, of getting something like that back that you thought man this is something this is something I want to run with not necessarily mass produced but this is something yeah. I want to
0: run with yeah i mean it was uh, it was definitely a cool project it was my first kind of fashion project so to speak that i have you know done start to finish and the best part about it was the kids imagination you know, you give a kid in first or second grade four words and you just let him use his imagination, his or her imagination, and just do whatever comes to mind. You know, so that was that was the cool part about this was every single piece was completely different and exemplified what those words meant to each individual kid. And then, you know, the give back portion of the project was for every design that a kid made, I ended up donating five coats to two different places at the Salvation Army here, and then at my church that I'm a member oh, wow. of back home.
1: That's uh, that's completely awesome. Kudos to that. Yeah. Thank you. Without a doubt. So, how does a guy that incorporates peace and love and equality, and inclusion, mall lineman on Sundays, <laughs> and just kind of channel that energy, so to speak?
0: Honestly, I I couldn't tell you. Because you're a different cat, man. I I, I know. You're an intense dude. I'm different. I'm weird, and I I love it. I wouldn't <laughs> I wouldn't want to be any other way. Um. <laughs> You know, from the first time I stepped on to the football field when I was in third grade, it just, it just, something clicked for me. You know, I love to be out there playing, to be a part of a team, to be in that environment, just to be out on the grass and competing, you know, at practice, having fun with my teammates, my friends, learning. But when it was game day, whether I was in third grade or whether, you know, I'm in my sixth professional season in the NFL, once it's game day once you know the ball's kicked off i'm locked in and that is my job you know what i mean and i don't honestly i couldn't tell you how the the switch goes on and off you know but you know i'm definitely not the same guy on no, the field and i am off the field man. there
1: was uh they did a mic'd up session um where they had one of the parabolics on the side and they were just showing it on nfl network and you know you hear a lot of grunting and you you can jabber jaw when you need to and i'm thinking where's 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 the you're not you're not picking a guy up going you know what i'm sorry i knocked you down here's a jacket I mean, you know <laughs> no i mean
0: that's that's not that's not how the game works man it's a physical game there there's a lot of emotions that you know are going around whether that is you know between the whistles after the whistle whether that's verbally or physically it's just one of those things where you know i think it's just collectively you know known that once you put that helmet on, once you're on that field, it is go time and it is what it is.
1: See, what I would think is, you know how they have that "you have been mossed" segment on mm-hmm. ESPN. See, what you ought to do is hand out a "you have been you have been Turner" hoodie. <laughs> so when you get pancake blocked or something, or the hole opens up and Aaron runs past, and your guy has no chance, you've been Turnered. Here's a hoodie <laughs> for you. Thank you very much. See, there you go. That's, that's it's a good a marketing, Floyd. There you there go. You go. <laughs> <laughs> We're sitting here talking with Billy Turner, offensive lineman for the Green Bay Packers. We're going to take a quick break. We are going to come back. More of the logical kickoff coming up right after this. Welcome back to the program. We are broadcasting live. We're here at uh, the Lodge Kohler and Lodge Kohler Kickoff is the program. Billy Turner is here with us. I want to remind you about the Wisconsin Athletic Club Hall of Fame. They announced the Green Bay Packers legend Brett Favre and Jordy Nelson are both going to be inducted in the 70th anniversary class uh, coming up on June 5th and 2020 this year in Madison. Select tables are available right now. If you want to get involved, 414-727-3605. That's 414-727-3605. And and uh, get yourself some seats because that thing is going to sell out if it hasn't already. I mean, that's with Jordy Nelson and Brett Favre. Come on. It's it's legends going into the Wisconsin Athletic Hall of Fame. Sitting here with Billy Turner, offensive lineman for the Green Bay Packers. By the way, if you want to follow us on any of the social media platforms, Facebook, it's Kickoff. Instagram is the same. And then Twitter is simply Colder Kickoff. So um, the game coming up, obviously, uh, there's a ton of pressure. It's a winner-go-home. It's different this time uh, because uh, there's a lot of guys that haven't been to the postseason. But the pressure is different. Last time you go out there, you want to win because you're going for seeding, you're going for placement in the NFC, you may or may not have to face him again. This time, you lose, you go home. So what ratchets up this week, or what do you try to do to stay on an even keel and not get too overhyped for a game like this?
0: I mean, what, what ratchets up, That's to me, it's pretty self-explanatory. That is to be a part of greatness, you know? Playing in a Super Bowl, trying to win a Super Bowl, you know, I don't know what the percentage of NFL players who never make it to the postseason to make it to the NFC Championship or Super Bowl or win one is, but it's a select few. So... You know, being a part of greatness, that is what motivates us as players. You know, to be one of select few, that is special. You're already one of select few playing in the NFL, you know, to have that badge that you play for, to have the team and the organization that you play for. But that is just bringing it to an entire another level of greatness. How do you keep that, you know, how do you stay within yourself? Uh, Honestly, that that just kind of you look on past experiences Um and you just gotta kinda be yourself. You can't ever do too much. You know, I think that's what hurts a lot of guys in the NFL when it comes to postseason play is you know, they feel like they have to be Superman you know you, no one has to be Superman. you just have to do your 111th. you have to do your job. There's 11 guys out on the field at a time. you need to do your 111th and you need to be the same person that you've been the previous 16, 17 games.
1: The guys that have been there, Brian, Aaron, uh, Mason and then Tremont, um what have what what
0: bit of advice have
1: they given you or is that it uh, regarding this week and leading up to this ball game? and not to look over the fence as to what could be.
0: You know, a lot of, a lot of them have the advice, and what I just said was a, a lot of things that they had mentioned to us last week and this week, you know, but the special part about those guys is they lead by example. You know, having 12 who has been there, done that, Super Bowl MVP, the special thing about that is him leading by example and him, you know, being our fearless leader, so to speak, we follow his lead. If he's all the way up here, you bet your ass we're going to be all the way up here. Mm-hmm. If he's down here, you, most of us are going to be down here also, you know. So throughout the course of a practice week, we, we ride those waves, but a lot of guys kind of look to him, you know. If he's looking a little uneasy or if he's looking a little different than he's looked in the past, then guys are going to start to question things, you know. So, yeah. you know, that's part of the stress and part of what comes with being an NFL quarterback.
1: It's funny because you mentioned that this year there's been numerous times where we do the postgame show across the street, so we'll leave the press box with about five minutes to go in the game. And we get over here and people are crowded around TVs. Now, you guys have had some trial, trial and tribulation moments, we'll say, coming down to a very end. You get a win in overtime against a, a team like Detroit. You got one pressing against uh, Detroit again. You've got to my Minnesota here. When you look at some of these games, you know – People say, oh, aren't you nervous? And I don't know why, but even the Philly game, I thought you guys were going to come back and win that game. Is it just because of the quiet confidence that you guys have had or because you have just won so many games in so many different ways this season, even though I guess they call it ugly? Okay, we've called it ugly. The Media calls it ugly. It's just a win is a win. I mean, it doesn't matter. But is it because you've been there, done that, and you haven't got rattled that nothing bothers you or at least seemingly nothing bothers you?
0: yeah i mean you definitely play on your past experiences you know whether that is anyone talking about their personality and who they are as a person you are who you are because of your past and that's the same thing when it comes to professional sports and games you know so we we do rely on our past and the experiences that we've gone through throughout the course of this season and you know i understand guys are calling it ugly wins, so to speak but at the end of the day, a win is a win. doesn't matter if it's one point. doesn't matter if it's 20 points. I'd rather be on a team that wins by one or two every single game, knowing that I'm going to go to the playoffs and be able to pull through because I have so many other times than be on a team that has been consistently blowing teams out all year because what do they have to look back on?
1: Right. Well, a la uh, Baltimore. Same thing. They were beating people up all season long, and then all of a sudden they got it handed to them yep. by the Tennessee Titans. Let me ask you this. So when we say ugly, you understand what that is from our perspective to your perspective.
0: Yeah, it's translated differently, but yeah.
1: No, no, I, I understand where you're coming from. I, I, I get it. But basically, it's there has been a way of winning in Green Bay that is different from the way you're winning now. Because there wasn't a reliance upon a run game or a balance. It was always Aaron left, Aaron right, five different really high-quality wide receiver weapons, and then just get the ball down the field and outscore people, became track meets. Now it's just different. I think it's different for people that have watched Packer football for a long time to absorb, and people even inside that locker room that have been here for a long time to absorb. But how confident are you in the style of which you're winning?
0: I mean, I'm confident. You know, the way – professional sports work you know like i just touched on you know an nfl team and people and their personality kind of making that relation there and that comparison the way that teams work you know there's evolution there's evolution of everything that's a part of life and that's no different when it comes to professional sports aaron Rodgers' rookie year till now he's he's a different player he's evolved the green bay packers 14 years ago to the green bay packers today evolution whether it's up and down or it's just consistently up or consistently down that's evolution you know so players evolve teams evolve and the game evolves and that's kind of that, that's kind of how things go and that's you know that's why it's so rare to see in my opinion why it's rare to see head coaches stick around on certain teams for a long period of time You know, because some NFL head coaches and some coaches in general, they only know one way to win. You know, you can get three, four, five, maybe six, seven years in there where you're convincing guys and you can get your team to win a certain way. But you got to remember, guys are getting older. Things are changing. You know what I mean? So it's tough to stay consistent and to continue to win in certain ways. Now, I haven't been here any longer than six months. And the way we're winning football games, that is the 2019 Green Bay Packer way to win games. And we have been very successful doing that, and I do not expect us to change up on Sunday or the following, you know, two weeks from Sunday in the Super Bowl.
1: (laughs) So talking about evolution in this short period of time, how has this team from week one that Thursday night coming out of the tunnel down in Soldier Field to where running out of the tunnel at Levi Stadium this coming Sunday at 5.40 p.m. for an NFC Championship game, how has this team evolved?
0: We've evolved plenty of ways. You know, one thing that we noticed that first game that we are still noticing today is the dominance of our defensive front. Zadarius and Preston, Kenny Clark, Dean Lowry, those guys up front have been wreaking havoc throughout the course of this season. That is one thing that we have noticed 100% then, and that is still here today. The other thing that we have noticed, which is a little different, and I think offense and defense is a little different throughout the course of a season because there's so much timing that is involved in professional sports, but especially when it comes to an NFL offense, throwing the ball, running the ball. When you implement a new offensive scheme, It's hard to implement that scheme and to be very successful from day one or from game one. So I think throughout the course of the season, from game one to now, you can see the evolution of our run game. You can see the evolution of the connection and just the consistency of the things that we've been doing, whether that is Aaron connecting with Alan Lazard, Devontae, Jay Kummer, all these guys downfield, or whether that's Aaron Jones and Jamal back there figuring out how long they can stretch a run before they need to cut it back and get north and south.
1: It is, it's fascinating to watch things unfold. How much is still there because we hear about the playbook and about what, you know, it's six to, to 20 different formations, but 20 can run off of every one. So how much of the surface of what it is you have the capability to do has actually been scratched?
0: Honestly, I couldn't tell you, and I don't know the answer to that because I am not an NFL head coach or an offensive (laughs) coordinator. You know, the stuff that Coach LaFleur and Coach Hackett and Aaron, all those guys come up with, it's mind-boggling because you see it on film and you're like, well, that's the same thing. And then you have one of them point something out and you're like, damn, it is not the same thing, you know? So there's so many things that they come up with and they do it on purpose just because being an NFL coordinator or a head coach, those guys are meticulous with the things they do. They pay attention to everything. They remember everything. So, you know, the way that you – kind of organizing you ride the waves of an nfl season is always different but they've done a tremendous job of doing a lot of things the right way and i think a lot of our success you know is based on you know the play calling it's based on the scheme and the best part about this scheme and this offense is is that you can do the same thing and make it look different you know and it's hard to uh i don't know if anyone ever really reaches the peak of this offense Because it's an offense that continues to evolve.
1: So is that what's made Matt LaFleur in his first season so good? Is getting that evolution, that involvement from everybody? I don't know. Not just coming in and dictating and saying, this is the way I'm going to do it. But mm -hmm. saying, how can we do it and how can we do it better?
0: Honestly, the best part about what he's done, in my opinion, this year is being a player's coach. You know, when you have someone as great as Aaron Rodgers and you're you're supposed to be the guy coaching him, you can't just come in and say, look, this is what we're doing. You're going to do it this way. No, you don't, that's not what you do with great players. You, you sit down, you talk to them and, and you figure out how to make your stuff work, his stuff work, and you mold that together. And I think those two and this team as a whole has done a great job of that. And again, I think that's another reason why we've been so successful. It's been the relationships that Matt LaFleur has started to build, and it was something that he started to build from day one and that he continues to press on, and that is that bond and and that basically just becoming a family. So I'm able to rely on you. You're able to rely on me. Whether things are high, whether things are low, us together as a group, we stay pretty even-kiltered, and that's why we're able to ride those waves.
1: Well, I know that from the very first day to this day, this show has evolved. So mm-hmm. I'm feeling good about it. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break. One more segment to go. Stay tuned. we got more of the Lodge Cooler Kickoff coming up right after this. Welcome back to the program. It's Lodge Kohler Kickoff, and we are glad to be here. We are broadcasting live at Lodge Kohler here in Green Bay. We're brought to you by our friends at Lodge Kohler, Hoopie and Abraham, Underwarmer, also our friends at Sartori Cheese, the Wisconsin Athletic Hall of Fame and Lammy Sports Management. Should you want a Green Bay Packer player appearance, all you got to do is call them 414-727-3600 or go to LammySports.com. That is LammySports.com Here with Billy Turner, offensive lineman for the Green Bay Packers. So you've got two errands you block for. Uh, one is uh, bigger than life, and the other one uh, can get small in a hurry. So, as an offensive lineman, the old adage is, I would rather run block all day long. Do you have a preference?
0: Do I have a preference? That, honestly, if I'm being completely honest with you, that depends on who I'm playing and the situation of the game. Okay. I it, <laughs> hey, I, I mean, there's, there's some great defensive tackles. There's some great defenses out there that do right. things well, you know, and there's – there's ways to slow them down. Usually that is the run game. You know, traditionally that is how it has been, you know, but also sometimes that can mean throwing the ball too.
1: How is it blocking for, for Aaron Jones? Because it, it, for lack of a better term, he's just a good guy. You know, he's just a happy cat and and smaller. Everybody calls him undersized. They doubt him, and then all of a sudden you look, he's got over 1,000 yards, 16 rushing touchdowns, everything he's done this season. He attributes it back to you guys. How How's it been with that relationship, that familiarity, and getting that comfortable in the run game?
0: Well, first and foremost, I think he's the best running back in the NFL this year. <laughs> Second of all, between him – And Jamal, I think that's the best one-two punch in the NFL this year also. So, you know, the best part about blocking for them is they make things easy. They understand the offense and they understand the scheme. So, you know, they know, You know, kind of like I touched on earlier, they know when to cut the ball back. They know how to stretch a defense and to make an entire defense start to run one way, put your foot in the ground, and go north and south. And the best part about both of them is – they're not only elite running the ball, but they're elite catching the ball out of the backfield.
1: One of the things that Aaron uh, wanted to pride himself on this offseason was blocking, catching the football, obviously, but blocking. And that's the other thing that I've noticed that he's become so much better at is is picking up a blitz, picking up an outside backer, somebody shooting the gut when they have a stunt that pulls you left or right. He's been able to pick that up. It it seems like things in that realm have been really, really good.
0: Yeah, I mean – in my personal opinion, you know, my dad was a running back in the NFL and kind of talking to him about playing that position, I think one of the hardest things, if not the hardest thing to do for an NFL running back is to figure out how to block. You know, there's great defenses, but when you have a great defensive coordinator who knows how to bring pressure and to bring it at the right times, you know, you can be back there as a running back and you got to scan the entire field from sideline to sideline. You know, you got to... Looking this way, looking that way, next thing you know, there's someone right in your chest. So you have to be able to go back and forth, sideline to sideline. And I think just figuring that out and getting a rhythm and a feel for that is something that is very tough for young backs to do, but it's also something that you get better and better at over time, I think. How
1: long did it take you to get familiar with Corey on the inside, David, to work with Brian, to see how that offensive line really worked and flowed? How long did it take you to get in sync with those guys?
0: Honestly, it was pretty easy they all communicate very well and they all communicate a lot. And as an offensive lineman, you couldn't ask for anything more than that. Just to know that you're on the same page repetitively play in and play out means a lot. So, you know, I don't think that was much of an issue. One thing that I've noticed this year – that i'm starting to like more and more is that you know game in and game out things are happening you know whether it's an et or game or whether we're running a certain play and you know it's almost like that non-verbal communication between me and corey or me and brian that i just don't even need to say anything because we're on the same page you know and when we communicate stuff on the sideline and you bring it up he's like oh you know we just end up on the same page so You know, to be able to have that familiarity game in and game out with those guys is is definitely special, and that's something that you pride yourself on as an offensive line because having those same five guys from the beginning of the season to the end of the season is tough to do. But to create that bond and to just kind of think for the other person, it's almost like all five of us are one brain. You know what I mean?
1: Brian has – basically played his rear end off this season. Nobody thought that he would be able to sustain for an entire year, much less play at this level. Uh, Talk about Brian Balaga a minute and what he's done as this veteran that everybody thought was pretty much past his prime.
0: Honestly, you know, this is my only season with Brian. I obviously knew who he was up until this point, but if you're asking me, I think he's having the best season of his career. Brian has, you know, undoubtedly been against – some of and the best pass rushers that this league has to offer week in and week out and has consistently shut them down, you know, and to be in your 10th season as an offensive lineman to do that, that that's something that, that is tough. You know, being an offensive lineman is tough in general, but to be able to do that year in and year out and to be playing your best football year 10, that is tough to do.
1: How is this front four? They don't blitz a ton. This front floor front, front floor four get it gets it done with Bosa company. They do it pretty well. Talk about D Ford and Boson, all the pressures that this this group brings this coming Sunday.
0: Yeah, so I played D Ford when I was uh, in Denver because he was obviously in Kansas City. So you know he's a he's an athletic dude and his best attribute is his speed and his get off. You know, he's running close to a, a 4-4 as a defensive end, which is, you know, that's tough to do, you know, 100%. But when he's able to kind of convert that into an actual pass rush, that's when guys get dangerous when they're that fast. So, you know, adding him to that roster this year has definitely, you know, been helpful for them. And those other guys that they had, you know, obviously adding Bosa also. But those other two dudes inside, you know, I mean, their front four, their front five, those are all first-round picks. Yeah. You know, so you know, I don't. Obviously, they're good. You know, but the the thing about them is that they're not they're not your traditional defensive lineman. Those two dudes that play inside on third downs, ninety nine, ninety one. I mean, those dudes are two inches taller than me. You know, yeah. they're they're all of six eight, three hundred pounds. You know, yeah. which a traditional defensive lineman in the NFL, if you think back throughout the course of history, is you know. From six two six three to maybe six five, but six five is kind of pushing it, you know, right. so they have length, they have speed, they have agility, and that's kind of what makes that defensive front dangerous and different at the same time.
1: before I let you go, we got about two minutes here, so if you had to fill in the blank and said, we would win on Sunday if.
0: We would win on Sunday if we follow our game plan and do what we've done throughout this entire season, and that is to play football the way that we know we're capable of, to run the football and to basically have our entire playbook open at every given moment of that game, to be able to throw, to be able to run, to use play action, to win on special teams, offense and defense.
1: Before I let you go, uh, has there ever been a time in uh, in your life when you looked at back at you know and thought, this would be the circumstance that I would want to be in. But are you enjoying it are you getting a moment to take a breath and look around and say, I'm in an NFC championship game?
0: You know, it's, uh, that's something that is tough to do as a player, because when you're a player and you're kind of in the thick of it throughout the course of a season and throughout the course of your career, you know, it's tough to take a step back and to just kind of be thankful and to be, you know, happy and to just realize where you're at at any given point in your career. Thankfully, my father played, brothers have played, and I kind of have that extra outlet that a lot of other guys don't. So, you know, just two days ago I was talking on the phone with my dad on my way home from work and he was like man like you know you're you're playing well you're, you just make sure you have fun man yeah. like you're you're in a position right now that not a lot of guys you know have been in you know him and my brother combined have played you know 11 or 12 years something like that and none of them have ever been to this point right here throughout the course of a season so you know he just reminded me to take a step back to enjoy it to have fun and just to kind of be thankful for where i'm at
1: yeah there's a lot of guys you talk to that go through this that make it and then they say i don't realize everything that was going on and what I missed because you're so focused on the game plan and what's at
0: hand. So mm-hmm.
1: best of luck. Hopefully uh, we're talking in two weeks down in Miami, man. You All and right. I hanging out by Versace to get a little inspiration there for you your go. clothing line, right? Yes, sir. Sound 100%. good? Yes, sir. Thanks to everybody for coming out tonight. The Green Bay Packers taking on the 49ers this Sunday. 540 kickoff. Thanks to Billy Turner. Thanks to you. Thanks to our friends at Lodge, Kohler, Hupie, and Abraham. Underwarmer Sartori, also Wisconsin Athletic Club Hall of Fame and uh, Lammy Sports Management. Time for us to go. Have a going. See ya.